Wing Chun is not like yoga. Wing Chun is not like your self-defense class or your martial art class. But it will remind you of them. Wing Chun is not like seeing a psychoanalyst. But it will remind you of it. Wing Chun is not like a group therapy class. But it will remind you of it. Wing Chun is not like playing chess. Wing Chun is not like painting or playing music, but it will certainly remind you of it. Wing Chun is not like bearing a child, but it would remind you of it. And Wing Chun will remind you of jiu-jitsu, boxing. Wing Chun isn't like boxing or jiu-jitsu or Muay Thai, but it will remind you of it. Wing Chun isn't like the hula or the lua. It'll remind you of it. Wing Chun definitely isn't Bruce Lee or Robert Downey Jr. But they'll remind you of it. Wing Chun is not like any form of meditation that you know. But it will remind you of it. Wing Chun is not like neuroscience or rocket science or firearms. It will certainly remind you of it. Wing Chun is not E equals MC square, but it will remind you of it. If you are training in Wing Chun properly, then you cannot help but be reminded of these things. It is the ongoing synthesis of these things. If you're training in Wing Chun correctly, you cannot help but to see the correlations. The Wing Chun first cause. So let's look at this the other way. Wing Chun is like philosophy, but has nothing to do with philosophy. Wing Chun is like fighting, but really has nothing to do with fighting. Wing Chun is like the Hindi deities like Shiva, Ganesh, Brahma, what are the other ones? Kali. She's and Kali, yes, <laughs> definitely Kali. But has nothing to do with any of that. In my assessment, Wing Chun is the only pro-human practice, study, exercise, and forgive the word, even philosophy and meditation yes and I challenge you to inquire and even debate this fact that I put forth this Wing Chun theory no longer a hypothesis learn it do it communicate it with me here and now Integrity Radio. You know, I don't just tell the kids this. I don't just tell the wife this. Although I rarely tell the wife this. but And I certainly tell myself this many times. Turn on your brain. Turn your brain on. Yeah, because the brain goes on automatic. Uh, which actually they found that it does not go on automatic, it just turns off. <laughs>
Very interesting. Uh, I'm going to put the post on up, echo the post from Ness and Remix because they did a, a post on this regarding how, especially when it comes to habit, what happens is they found great neurological activity right before the habit and then boop, valleys down, no, little to no activity, so to speak, right? And then at the end of the activity, the brain activity starts up. So it's actually true that the brain literally does just turn off and then you go into stupid land. So uh, yeah, check this out. If the brain is off and it's disrupted from its habit, what are you gonna feel? Emotion, yeah, you say. Yeah, emotion. And so that's why, if the brain is on and, and you're disrupted from an activity, like on activity, then uh, you're, you're probably not going to have that same emotional um, response, right? Interesting. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. For me, especially. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, I'm on on back and then somebody throws a wrench in there. Duh. Yeah. We could almost say that's happening to me constantly. <laughs> Which means I'm constantly telling myself to turn my freaking brain on. Because <laughs> it's constantly trying to go into off mode. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Now check it out. Integrity Radio. Happiness, success, self-worth. As philosophical as these things can be, we really can boil them down to tangible things such as the food we eat, the air we breathe, how we see ourselves within a symbiosis, or if we even see ourselves in that manner at all. Let's start with the food that we eat. Something that should be a crime is this whole concept of organic, natural, a whole foods, if you will. Of course, having food with no GMOs stamped all over it is somewhat disgraceful to the intellect. Fact, there is not a single food that we eat as human beings that is not or has not been genetically modified for us to eat. We have been genetically modifying foods for thousands of years. Science has just allowed us to do it more efficiently. Essentially what you're saying is you do not want the successfully genetically modified organism. And uh, natural or organic? You know, I've even posted this question directly to Richard Dawkins and um, he really didn't have a very good uh, definition for it other than just making the distinction between trees and jet airplanes. But seriously, any byproduct of the human being is supposed to be considered unnatural, then what are we, chopped liver? Are we natural or unnatural? What's going on there? So sure, on the surface, I understand the difference between the two things and using that word in order to, distinct, to, uh, to make that distinction. However, uh, it's not a good word. 
so it makes not a good distinction. I love Richard Dawkins, but he kind of pissed me off on that one. I mean, really, can we just assume that we're both intellectual human beings and we don't need to go into uh, semantics? When I ask a question like that, are you not getting the gist of what I'm asking, which is what is natural? The only answer is it's a bullshit word. And now the only word that does really uh, give any kind of uh, definition is organic and inorganic. Okay, now we're talking, now we're making some distinctions, but then organic gets hijacked. Uh, last I heard, organic was a trademark of the government now. So organic means you've got to pay money if you want to use organic on your product. And that's what we're seeing in the uh, grocery stores now are, are just things haphazardly uh, labeled organic and natural. And then to make matters worse, and make matters worse for the consumer, if that company does the payoff and labels their stuff organic, you don't, they, they don't have the same restrictions. So you know less about what is involved with those natural or organic foods than you do the so-called straight-up genetically modified foods. Uh, the ability to genetically modify uh, foods has saved millions and millions of lives. I gotta remember to look up how much E. coli cases uh, are found in so-called organic foods or non-regulated foods. In my backyard in Hawaii, I, I had the best basil in the world. And uh, that basil was grown over uh, a septic tank. Now, I would have that uh, basil tested before it were sold or given to anybody. But no, the local stores, knowing full well, uh, bought it nonetheless. Now, no one's ever gotten sick from it, but still. And I certainly took my chances and ate plenty of it. I love pesto. But still, I would not have bought basil or pesto that was labeled grown over a septic tank. Integrity Radio. Hi, this is a call-in to Z at Integrity Radio from Ben Jacobson at Ben Jacobson Radio. <clears throat> I once got into an argument with a vegan about uh, GMOs while she was eating a piece of corn. And I pointed out the fact that she was eating and very obviously enjoying a, a genetically modified organism she didn't have a good answer for me. You know, this whole idea of GMOs and, and just this blanket badness that's been ascribed to it is just ridiculous. I think you made the point that every food that we eat has been genetically modified in some way. Uh, I think that's an interesting statement. I would actually like to maybe see if I can find a food that hasn't been. But it would be a chore to try to find one. Hey everybody, this is Z. I had a question regarding anxiety. We had kind of covered it in an earlier segment. But if you didn't catch it, or if you weren't paying close attention, you might not have caught it. And that is, 
anxiety stems from these hidden emotions that sort of pop up when you least expect it. It's the whole reason why emotional intelligence is so important and why it's so important to develop emotional intelligence if you don't got it. This usually happens when someone says, no, I, I'm not emotional. I, I don't feel emotions. I'm not getting emotional. Or, uh, or it's essentially denying the fact that everything is an emotion. Again, most of the people in America are not acknowledging the fact that all their experiences are hitting their emotions first. They're not processing their emotions uh, as reason or logic. And so it hasn't gone past that part. We know this from studying, uh, you know, mentally retarded. In mental retardation, we have an extreme case of this situation. Again, if you're not uh, acknowledging your emotions, then you're really not controlling the responses to the experiences that you're having. So then, of course, we have a lot of emotions that wind up out of place, and we have no idea why we're having those emotions, or we connect them to the wrong things altogether. And the longer you've been doing this in your life, the deeper these emotions are seated within you. I even feel that they're seated within different parts of your body. Again, that's where the importance of posture within the Wing Chun system comes in mind. Into play, rather. And what we're now going to call composure. Maintaining composure. But yes, the physical Wing Chun posture is what will help us in our composure. Of course, people are resistant to fixing this because we dig ourselves in holes. At least it's my hole, my very own hole. And I can dig that hole as deep as I want. Misery loves company, so it will compensate you in any which way it can. But anxiety is unacknowledged, unprocessed emotion. Initially suppressed, and then re-emerging, usually at a very unop unopportune time. It's not sensitivity, but fragility. When the structure is weak, vulnerable, then our emotions are prone to get carried away and misappropriated. So Ronnie just walked in and I want her to just off the cuff give her definition of anxiety. I would define anxiety as the perceived inability to control a situation or the fear of the unknown. So now I would argue that that is the byproduct of anxiety. But what we're trying to get at, or what I'm trying to get at, is where does anxiety come from? So this is fun. We actually talked about this earlier, and I'll repeat it because it, it relates entirely um, to this topic of anxiety. I think we framed it in the terms of um, being bothered, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. being annoyed or being off-centered. So, uh, but we don't have enough time. Boy, this is a part two. Oh, this is a good one. All right, we'll see you on the other side. So this is part B of the anxiety thing. Okay, now... 
we framed it differently and that was um, let's say I'm walking from point A to point B and I turn my brain off and while I'm walking from point A to point B someone interrupts and says hey right mm-hmm. and then it all it often pisses me off or throws me off center I get annoyed right mm-hmm. and then you get to, to from A to B Another way of going from A to B is having your brain on and being aware that there are other people in the room. You may, you know, and and, and uh, having the brain on, and then someone interrupts, and the the emotional response is is always different, right? Right. And so, it it has to do with that. Anxiety has to do with that because um, if you are if you turn your brain off. If you're not using, you know, going through the frontal cortex, limbic and frontal cortex of the brain, you just kind of pretty much let those go on autopilot. And uh, then you go about your day, you go about your routine, you really don't need your brain. But then all of a sudden somebody interrupts that. And it can create uh, a huge emotional um, upset, imbalance. Yes. Again, this kind of stems from... Um, a lack of emotional hygiene and um, boy I think that's another I've been liking that term emotional hygiene Mm -hmm. right and even sleep hygiene and stuff like that I think those are really great terms because someone were to ask what is Wing Chun best suited for and I would say emotional hygiene yeah yeah now, it's not the only method of emotional hygiene, but so far I see it as being the best because it's dealing with the physical body. It's a physical meditation helping to get control of this thing called our brain that likes to run away and, uh, uh, <laughs> and fictate things such as mind and spirit and all these other crazy things. So pretty much everything I talk about on this channel is geared towards creating a better emotional hygiene. So definitely go back and listen to the previous episodes, oh, about 10 times, and don't miss all the little details and the little concepts and ideas that are being portrayed. So far, we have enough segments up that I pretty much have answered most questions anyone will ask. However, now we're probably going to have to reiterate and say them in different ways and help people to connect the dots because i can't assume that everyone understands or has connected the dots just because well i said so right (laughs) or people ask questions in different ways too yeah yeah so these questions are vital because that really does help us to uh, approach the answer in different ways so it can be understood in different ways now I hate pointing stuff out without giving a solution so uh, when it comes to anxiety the greatest in bit of information and latest bit of information is to not label that anxiety not label that worry don't don't give that stuff weight because it's trying to tell you something but you're not going to understand it if you just take the emotion by face value that emotion is connected to 
God knows what, something that happened to you when you were two years old or, or just, you know, it's not necessarily a conscious thing that uh, creates these, these deep-seated emotions that then get disrupted and, uh, and brought to the surface when we least expect it. So just don't give your emotions so much weight. I think that is the best information I've heard of late. And I'm going to be using that information myself. This is where meditation comes in handy. But the more you just step aside and don't take... First, it's good that you're feeling the emotion. So that's a good thing. The next step is to not put any weight on that emotion and to contemplate the origins of that emotion. And of course, you're not always going to get it right. So practice makes perfect. Great question. Integrity Radio. You're listening to Integrity Radio. Learn self-correction at www.sifuzi.com. Listen to original music at soundcloud.com slash music for dogs. You can also follow Sifu underscore Z on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Sifu underscore Z. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more here on Integrity Radio. Hi, this is a call-in to Integrity Radio from Ben Jacobson. Good ideas. We got to have good ideas. We have to replace bad ideas with good ideas. It doesn't matter if your good idea needs refinement. It doesn't matter if it's not that good of an idea. As long as it's a good idea, as long as it's not a bad idea, and as long as we're replacing bad ideas with good ideas, just come with a good idea. We can refine it, we can talk about it, we can discuss it, but we gotta, we gotta get rid of bad ideas, and we gotta replace them with good ideas. Hey, Ben Z here. I hate to be a contrarian to everything. Oh, what am I saying? I hate to be a contrarian. All right. Good ideas. Well, Ben was saying that we need uh, we need more good ideas. Which, you know... We certainly do. We always need good ideas. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I always like to play a devil's advocate uh, sometimes on this. And uh, also it does remind me of something that uh, has been said. I don't know if by me, but by others... Uh, by somebody famous, <laughs> and that is, um, oh, George Carlin, that's right, uh-huh. yeah, uh, regarding motivation, he says, you know what we need, we need less motivation, we need people to just, like, stay home and sit down and shut up, be quiet, and leave everybody alone, enough of your ideas, you know, I, 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 sometimes, yeah, yeah, but you know, you know what, the problem with everybody having an idea, then everybody wants their idea to be heard, and then everybody thinks that their idea should be, you know, should, should be part of uh, the equation, you know? Well, yeah, that's not part of having an idea, that's, that's being an egomaniac. Well... Yeah, so, <laughs> like Hitler, you know, Hitler had a good idea, he wanted to be an artist, and then he wouldn't let him, and then look what happened, right? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, I mean, I, I think on the uh, surface that we need more good ideas is, is absolutely true, but when you say that to a contrarian, 
I can't help but to quote George Carlin <laughs> on that. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Ben. Integrity Radio.